What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode, episode 70 of What the Funcast. I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and joining me is... Ahmed. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to say my name or not. I'm never sure. It's always a surprise. It's we're always back. a surprise. I keep you on your toes. Yeah, we've been, we had like a two-week hiatus. Ahmed like flew away to Florida, didn't bring his microphone. That's okay, though, because usually when we do... Uh, Wow, when we do microphones. When we do shows and one of us is away, it's usually kind of a mess. Showers are running sometimes. Sounds like water's coming through the, the ceiling. Remember that time? Yeah. And there's other times where it's just like there's weird echoes, so it's okay. Yep, nephews are screaming and it's all, it's all a mess. Oh, my God. Remember that? Oh, yeah. that was so annoying. It was so late and it was like people were just screaming and it's like, okay, we got to stop, got to stop. And then <laughs> stopping makes a huge ordeal for our meds because he's got to clip all this together. So, yes. anyways... We're back after a two-week hiatus for a very special episode of episode 70 of What the Funcast. Only 30 more episodes until the 100th episode. And you know what that makes me think of? Remember back in school, we had the 100th day of school? Oh, my a God. big celebration? Yeah. But, like, why did we celebrate that? What a dumb thing uh, to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, it is so stupid. It's like, wow, we've been going to school for three and a half whole months. <laughs> but it's like, no, it's more than that because you're, it's not well, just the Well, yes, yeah, so you don't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the it was always, like, towards the end of the year-ish. It was like in march or something and you're like okay great yeah i i don't know <laughs> let's celebrate summertime <laughs> so dumb how about that i don't know it's uh it's interesting but hey you know what they have fun with it and they have little parties i don't know whatever i wish we had like little parties people threw it through us parties for free like yeah, that. yeah 100th day of work throw me a party <laughs> 100th day of work oh, oh my god, god. it's definitely... said they're like oh you've been here for 100 years here's a little pin that says thank you <laughs> here's a little glass block in the shape of the adobe logo that's what they gave me I was like, oh my god cool thanks after, what the hell do we want after, me to do with this after five years yes wow it's five a years. medal of honor and then i said all right bye anyways i mean if you were somebody you have a medal of freedom but that's another story that is another moving story. on <laughs> what's been going on with you ahmed what have you been doing tell us all about florida and all the other things you've done so i went back to disney world i made my grand return after not being there for a full year which is ridiculous to say i i hear it because there's people that haven't gone since they were like five years old there's people who haven't gone at all or ever yeah exactly. or ever but anyways so i made my inaugural return um got the annual pass so <laughs> my inaugural return <laughs> i got the annual pass so i'll be going back uh fairly frequently in a month literally in a month literally in a month oh yeah oh my god like a literally a month from today we're all going to disney world in a month so very exciting um but uh yeah it was really good i got to ride rise of resistance twice and no I spoilers can, no spoilers i can genuinely say that it was the best theme park ride ever created that i've ever ridden but i would I wouldn't doubt if it was the best ever created. Like, it was just unreal. Um, absolutely so, worth waking up at, like, 5 in the morning and, and stressing out about it. But it was really, really good. So what will be pretty cool to see is, so now we'll be going back together in March, two days after uh, the new Mickey and Minnie rides, uh, Mickey and Minnie ride opens, which is in the formerly what used to be uh, the great movie ride. So it'll be interesting to see because, obviously, they're two very different rides, but... Rise of the Resistance is so grand, and it's just on a totally different level. It'll be interesting to see what it's like to ride a new ride that I'm going to go on a limb and say it's not going to be that level, but I'm sure it'll be really cool because there's so much space to work with there. Yeah. Like, the Great Movie Ride was gigantic. I mean, it was huge. I mean, remember the ride cars? The ride cars used to be, like, I don't know, seven or eight people long times, like, five rows. I clearly don't remember Great Movie Ride as well as I thought I did because I really thought it was in a boat, but it's not. <laughs> really i don't know why i had in my head that it was in a boat how many times had you been on it 
I think I really read it once, and I like genuinely, I guess, really? don't remember it. Like, wow. In person. So we grew up, obviously, going to Disney, and that was like one of our favorite rides. We'd always go on it. So it took you through like all these different movies or whatever, but your driver, your cast member, would always switch out. So they would like, we'd get to like the mob scene, and like, she's like, don't, or he or she is like, oh, don't worry, like, I got, I got this. And they pull out like one of those little guns that makes a little light at the end, like yeah. to make it look like it's really shooting with the noise. And she, like, pretends to, like, fight alongside the mobsters or whatever. And then, like, you get hijacked by another cast member. Like, another cast member picks you up. And then he's, like, in his mob suit. Then you go to, like, the Wizard of Oz or whatever. And then nothing happens there, actually. Like, the Wicked Witch dies or whatever. And all the little munchkins sing to you. But whatever. Then you go to, like, the next thing. And it's, like, Indiana Jones. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go steal that. Like, that looks like it'll fetch me a pretty penny or whatever. And then uh, he goes up. And then he goes to, like, steal the, whatever, the jewel or bag of jewels. And then there's like a trap door or whatever. He falls down and shows like a skeleton like he like he died. And then the person, there's like a, a hooded figure that like warns him or whatever. And the hooded figure is like the girl or whoever. In this case, we're using a girl example. A girl that like ran away during the mobster scene. So they keep switching off throughout the whole ride. I genuinely so really, don't remember that at all. Maybe yeah, I didn't ride really this ride. really cool. It was very cool. And then there's, like, a scene with Alien where, like, the alien's coming out the ceiling or whatever. And then it ends with Casablanca. And then they line up all of these different cars in, like, a big room and show you, like, the history of movies for, like, five minutes or whatever. So, really, really grand-scale attraction that was very slow-moving. One of those, it's kind of like Living with the Land where it was, like, a 10 or 15-minute kind of ordeal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... Definitely one of my favorites. Unfortunately, I didn't get to ride it again before it closed, but it is what it is. So we will see what Mickey and Minnie bring to us. Interesting. Well, so we, as we all know, um, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge didn't open with Fast Passes. Smuggler's Run didn't have Fast Passes until uh, this month, actually, is when they first finally opened up Fast Passes for that ride. And Rise of Resistance, yeah. obviously, it has no Fast Passes. They're still doing the whole boarding group thing. But Mickey and Minnie's Railway immediately opens with Fast Passes. So I'm wondering if they're just not anticipating that it's going to be as crowded, but there's no way. I mean, people, before Star Wars, Toy Story Mania was, like, the hot ticket. And, I mean, before Toy Story Land. Toy Story Mania was, like, the hot ticket at that park. Like, people will flock to smaller rides like that. So I'm, it's, it's interesting that they open Fast Passes immediately. I'm not complaining because we got them. But um, it'll be yeah, interesting so to see how, like, that... the crowd dynamic works in that park now because it's, like... So it's really interesting. So I remember the days of when we used to go, like when we would go to Florida, like not long ago, it was like a year or two maybe, where like Hollywood Studios was a deserted wasteland. It was like Tower of Terror, Fantasmic, Rock and Roller Coaster, they had like Voyage of the Little Mermaid, and like the smaller shows over there, but largely everything was closed. Everything where Star Wars Land was going or Galaxy's Edge was going was closed. Everything where Toy Story Land was closed uh, and just neither one of them were open. And now like... It just all happened at once. Like, Toy Story Land opened up, what, last Memorial Day, yep. I think? And then uh, Galaxy's Edge opened up over the summer. And then now, obviously, Rise of the Resistance is open. And then Mickey and Minnie is opening up now. It'll effectively be a full park. And then I don't think there's anything else that's in construction there, right? And yeah, no. It. I think that's that's then all it needs, though. Because it's like everything in that park now is like an e-ticket attraction. There's like... Yeah. It's like... It's, it's crazy when you think about it. Because you have like Slinky Dog Dash... And Tower of Terror and Rock Roller Coaster and Smuggler's Run and Rise of Resistance and Mickey and Minnie and Toy Story Mania. Like, those are all hot ticket attractions. So, it's yeah. Wild. So, I would say if I had to take a shot in the dark, now we're turning into a Disney Parks podcast. No surprise there. <laughs> but if I'd take a shot at what was going to get hit next at Hollywood Studios, 
I would think that they would start moving towards Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror and turning that even into a themed area, kind of like how they did in California Adventure, where they they axed the Tower of Terror license um, with uh, Twilight what was it? Zone. The, uh, Twilight Zone. I was gonna say Hollywood Tower. I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> um, and, or even retheme Rock and Roller Coaster. Rock and Roller Coaster, as much as I love it, it is dated. I mean, Aerosmith yeah. is still great. Nothing wrong with Aerosmith, but that was a long time ago that that ride happened. It doesn't really kind of resonate up. with anyone as much. No, or especially not people. not movies. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know. So we'll see. But very cool time. It's always a cool time with the Disney park, especially lately. It seems like something is always happening. Yeah, uh, which is cool. Well, but yeah, Epcot's the next big target. So apparently, Hollywood Land is getting a revamp at Disney's California Adventure, like a hundred million dollar kind of revamp. I don't know. I think they're opening some kind of new ride. I read this briefly, vaguely, and I just remembered it now. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Hollywood in Disney Hollywood Studios gets, uh, like Hollywood Boulevard gets a, a remake over as well. Um, I think they would keep Tower of Terror, Twilight Zone. Just to have one, because it's such a beloved attraction, and when it was taken away in California, it was part of like a bigger plan. So I don't yeah. think that they'll take away the Hollywood thing, um, just because it's so iconic. Uh, but who knows? They've done crazier things in the past. So yeah, and they got rid of it in California Adventure, obviously. And I think that was kind of like a they shoehorn that into their Avengers Campus plans. Yeah. So you know, which is which is fine. I but... think it was more so to test the waters. They were like, before we devote. Like, before we go all in on removing a Bug's Life or a Bug's Land, let's just retheme this one ride and see what the reception is. And everyone loved it, obviously. Um, yeah. But I think definitely a Rock and Roller Coaster retheme would be nice, cause especially because they're retheming it in um, in Paris to be like an Iron Man ride. Um, just a retheme to, I don't know. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's being rethemed to be the Iron Man roller coaster as part of their like little mini Marvel Land, because they're getting like a mini Marvel Land and a mini Galaxy's Edge. Interesting. I uh, so I'm trying to look. I'm looking on Disneyland subreddit. And I don't see anything here. I don't know um, where I read it or if I hallucinated it. Maybe I hallucinated it. Maybe I dreamed it. Disneyland. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll look it up while you discuss what you've been up to. Wow, that was a nice, nice volley back over to me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what have I been up to? Uh, I played a whole lot of games. So obviously, when uh, we last recorded, I think was right when I first got back from Disney. Had the same reaction as you about Rise of the Resistance. Um, yeah, I'm scrolling up to the top here. Yes, that that, that was the last thing that happened. So uh, I finally beat Jedi Fallen Order, and man, when I tell you, I enjoyed the hell out of this game. I really did. So it kind of has its its points where it gets a little daunting and it's just very drawn out a lot of a lot of stuff that's exploration based which is fine but it gets a little old after a while so after like you finally get through that and you really just focus on the core story elements man it gets so good and the end is like one of those things where you're like hello it's like you're it's the same thing like rise of the resistance where you feel like you're playing in a movie and you're like every move you make you're like what the hell is going to happen so yeah I highly, 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 highly recommend playing it, especially if you enjoy Star Wars and you've seen the movies and you've kind of followed along up till now of where things are, because this takes place, obviously, in the middle slash after Episode 3, so uh, which was one of my personal favorites of the prequels, uh, probably the best of the prequels by far. So, um, But it's right after uh, or during like a different point of view from when, execute, or when Order 66 was executed, uh, I won't necessarily spoil for those of you that have never seen them, but whatever. Anyways, 
very very fun a lot of just really really overall really great game so um very enjoyable i don't know i i guess i kind of got the same vibes like i did with spider-man where spider-man was just so much fun because you're playing like what you want it to play in a movie almost i got the same kind of vibe with uh with uh fallen order yeah it's got its flaws yeah it can glitch there's times where like i got killed because of a glitch because the enemy like broke through my parry or just didn't even register stupid stuff like that but it's few and far between so i uh hope you can beat it soon so we can talk about it because i'd be curious to hear what you think yeah it'll be nice to actually play it at home now because i've been trying to play it while i was out for two weeks um remotely using this streaming app and with a game like that where the timing of your parries is so important um, it was really difficult and really frustrating because I would parry and I know I'm doing it on time, but because of the latency, it wouldn't register in time and I would just get killed by like the little like fodder enemy, like not even actual stormtroopers, like the little stupid oh like, my God. animals. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So, okay, the animals are hard. Like the giant slugs, I don't know if you've gotten to them yet, they will destroy you. But yeah, anyway. I mean, a lot of it, even like the tiny little things that like cop out of the ground, like the yeah. little groundhog things, they, yeah. They're all... Which I kind of like because it gives you a little bit of a... I mean, so I don't know if you ever played The Force Unleashed, but The Force mm-hmm. Unleashed was like, oh, grab a Stormtrooper, kill him, and kill this. And it's like you're almost on like a killing spree. You were so strong. This you have to really think about what you're doing. And as you're doing it, you need to make sure that you're parrying or whatever it might be or dodge rolling. But I don't know. It gives a little bit of a challenge to it, but it pays off. Yeah, so. I, I basically had resorted to, like, instead of parrying, just, like, spamming the dodge button, just rolling around. I'm like, yeah, get no, me? that's effective, too. So, yeah. But, but yes, I did the same thing where I used PlayStation's remote play app with my iPad when I was in California, and I played it. And it wasn't that bad. Like, the, there was a little bit of lag, but not enough to be really, really bad. But I probably put in, like, four or five hours and through that way alone. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I put in like a good like two or three hours. I'm I'm not super, super deep in this game, but um, I don't know. You know me. I'm a completionist. So every time I look at the map, I'm like, unexplored area, I have to go all the way back and f- look at it. Oh, I don't know how you have the patience because there's times where it's like I'm looking at my, my mission and I'm like scrolling through the map, scrolling, scrolling. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so far. Like, whatever. It is sometimes but, annoying because like places are like one way only and you have to go like a really specific way to get to them. I don't know. Like at one point... I went to one of those unexplored areas and I basically got trapped and I had to like go like the longest way around. I couldn't just like jump over. I'm like, are you kidding me? So it was very frustrating. But and there's times where if you don't find a save point and your health is super low, you like get teleported back to the previous save point. Yep. That's the most annoying thing. Mm-hmm. So but it adds a layer of difficulty, so that's good. Yeah, um, but it's still fun overall. But uh, jumping into movies real quick before I jump back into video games. Uh, did We did finish The Mandalorian. I guess that was like right after we recorded last time. That show was so good. Yes. So, I don't know. I like fell out of it and it just became one of those things where I'm like, I know I'm going to invest into it. I know I'm going to have to watch it all. I know I'm going to binge it. And it was just so daunting but we finally sat down and just like binged through the whole thing in like an afternoon on, on last Saturday. Last two Saturdays ago. Yeah. And it was so good. I mean... Like, the middle three episodes were kind of, like, okay, because they were just, like, a repeat, like, oh, he goes to space, he does this, he saves the day. Yeah. But, uh, and they didn't really advance the story, but, like, the ending, I don't know, I really loved it. It was really good. I still think that, and obviously no spoilers, but the episode with the ATST, I think, was still one of my favorite shots of probably, I mean, that whole scene... It's probably one of my favorite scenes of the movies and the you know, obviously the, the show. episode with the ATST towards the end. Yes, okay. uh, I guess it's toward. I think it might be in the middle. 
when when they're in the village and the ATST is there. I don't want to say anything more because it spoils stuff. So, uh, I think I know what you're talking about. I think. Yeah. So we can talk about it later off off yes. the air. Off the air. Off the record. <laughs> so, um, we also saw Knives Out. Oh, that movie was really good. Finally. Um, it was really good. It was really entertaining. Uh, unfortunately, they greenlit a sequel. We were talking about this last night. Um, oh, by the way, I never said it's uh, February eighth, twenty twenty. So <laughs> I just I'm sitting here like, wait a second. I never even said what day it is. You know, Anyways. I was thinking about that because we have written that it was February seventh, and I was like, did he say the right date or the wrong date? You didn't say any. I didn't date. say any date. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so Knives Out was good. We were supposed to go see nineteen seventeen and Just Mercy, but we never got around to it. Oh, and please see nineteen seventeen. Yeah, we'll see. Just it. Mercy can wait. Yeah, oh my God. it is called Just Mercy, right? There's like a TV show where it's like very similar premise that I might be called Just Mercy. I think I think the movie's called Just Mercy. Yeah, or I'm, Mercy, one of the two. I'm pretty sure it's Just Mercy. It's the one with um, with uh, what's his name, Michael B. Jordan, I think. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So um, we saw that uh, the new Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX demo. Going back to video games, obviously, the DX demo. Uh, they they did release that. Right after, pretty much right after they announced the game coming out in March. That's obviously we talked about previously. It's a remake, obviously like an overhaul of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games that came out for Game Boy Advance and DS. So I played through that demo, and it's fun. I mean, it's you know they definitely just took what it was and just made it look nice because things feel very empty. So it feels like it was made to be a handheld game back in the day on a small screen, and they just blew it up. And I don't know, just kinda, it has its flaws. So. Uh, I don't think I'll be getting that. Um, Killer Queen Black. We need to play this game with like a group of people. So it's, what is it? It's like a 16 or maybe 8 bit game where each you either play as the queen or you play as one of the workers. And like, there's three different ways to win the game. It's it's an old arcade game that they like remade. Are you there? You yeah. said you went offline on something. I don't know if it was Origin or what it was, but. Anyways, I'm here. Um, you went offline on something, so sure. make sure you didn't lose your internet. So. Anyway, um, it's this game where, like, one person plays as the queen, so if you, like, kill the queen three times, the opposing queen, like, you have to look it up. It's hard to explain. I mean, it's easy to explain, but it's hard to, like, visualize. I, like, remember hearing about this, but I don't... Yeah, I guess I never really realized what it's, it is. Yeah, it's one of those games that's, like, super fun multiplayer game. So I was playing online, and it seems like a lot of fun. Obviously, people are kicking my ass online, so... <laughs> um, but... You know, it is what it is. So that game's really cool. We'll have to play that next time we're all together. Um, the snail just ate a man in the yeah, so like, the game. Yeah, so you can win if you like ride a snail across the screen. Or you win by getting berries into like these little like your little, little holes or whatever. Housing space, yep. Or you kill the queen three times. So like there's so much going on, like you have to like watch that nobody's riding the snail, you have to watch the people that are getting the berries, and you've gotta like if you're the queen, you have to be like defensive but also on the offensive to you know help and kill like the workers or whatever so it's fun. a it's a very interesting game so it was on sale i think for eight or ten dollars so um i got that greece is like a very stylistic artistic game um and it's like a, it's a puzzle type of game it won an award at the game awards but that was interesting i played a couple hours of that uh Sayonara wild hearts is a like a rhythm based game I played very little of that, but it was interesting. Are these all Switch uh, digital games? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Evo Land is really interesting. Logan actually told me about this one. So it's a game where, like, 
you start off as like a Game Boy, like the graphics are like the old Game Boy, so it's like red, uh, not red, that's Virtual Boy, green and like gray or whatever, black I guess, mm. and it starts off like graphics like that, and you like it teaches you how to walk, and then like you pick up an item, and then it turns into like NES style graphics, and like you pick up a sword. And, like, you're going about it, and then, like, you pick up another item, and you keep following these tasks, and then it becomes, like, 16-bit graphics. And then it eventually becomes, like, a, like a full 3D game. Interesting. And then when you die, you start over again. So you have to, like, it's, like, one of those, um, what do they call them, roguelike games? Oh, no. Yeah. So Suddenly I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I have to play more of that. I played very little, but it was pretty cool. Uh, Dauntless, I downloaded this. I heard things about it. I think when we... Talked about it a few episodes ago. It was announced for Switch. I played that very briefly. The graphics look like butt. <laughs> and it's like one of those games where, I don't know, you have to like go. It's almost like, played kind of like Monster Hunter where you, like, you're just, I don't know. It, it, it's strange. So I stopped playing that very quickly and deleted it. Sure, I'll skip it. Um, Toki Tori is on sale for, or was on sale for 50 cents. And this was a game that initially came out for the Wii Shop. And it came out exclusively. It was like one of the first games to come out on the Wii Shop channel. Um, and they ported it over a number of times, like Wii U, I think it might be on, on DS, I think it's on mobile, so they ported it over to Switch, and the first one, for one reason or another, um, for one reason or another, is now, was, was 50 cents, so hmm. that was kind of cool. Um, Internesting. And then, say it again? I said internesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, tra- I played um, Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. Uh, that was, it's like a platforming game, a ukulele platforming game. So that was pretty cool. I didn't play too much of that. I got to get more hours into that. Um, but yeah, then what else did I do? I tried out xCloud on a phone with a controller. So I bought the controller mount Ooh. and did you get the same one I did. I don't remember. I think got like the official one. Did you get the Mogo one or whatever? Maybe. It's like, it's like whatever the official one is that like yeah. Xbox recommends. Yeah. So I, I tried it out in the Microsoft store. I'm like, ooh, this mount's really nice. And yeah. I bought it on Amazon. So and it's super nice because it also works with like any other mobile game that supports controller. So yes. if you happen yes. to But it only play. works with the Xbox controller, obviously. So. Yeah. Which is usually like the standard. Like no one's really supporting PlayStation controllers on mobile. Even though it is technically supported, but I don't when you play COD, it's not gonna like show you XY or it's not gonna show you the triangle square circle whatever it'll show you like the yeah, Xbox control yeah, yeah. buttons. So what I did is I tried out both the streaming of games and then streaming from my Xbox to the phone. Streaming from the Xbox is a disaster, is it not? Uh did you have a good was, experience? I tried to play Call of Duty like single player and it was pretty laggy. It was pretty bad. I did it in home like to my I PC. I did it at home too. Not even to my phone and it was like oh, garbage. I was like, okay. That's why it's in beta. That's clearly why it's in beta. Um, but but yeah. streaming from the cloud works great. Yeah, it, it very cool. I mean, it's like one of those things where uh, there was a little bit of lag, you could tell, but yeah. overall it was pretty cool. And yeah. Probably better than Stadia, so. <laughs> probably. GeForce Now apparently is, is I, I, know, I remember saw seeing that. Like, all kinds of reviews for it. Like, it's been around for a while now, the NVIDIA streaming service that's supposed to, I guess, be competition to Stadia. Um, but I, I guess, I don't know if it was originally in beta and now it's finally like live live, but it's only five bucks a month versus I forgot what Stadia Pro was like 20 bucks a month or something crazy. Um, but interesting. I don't know. Interesting to note, but anyway, I don't, I don't think anybody needs to try that. I mean, I don't need to try that. Yeah, no, it's not. I I wouldn't say that it's worth it. Just, I don't know. 
just buy a game. Anyways. Um, <laughs> just buy a game? <laughs> what have I done? I've played, um, obviously I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order, as I mentioned. Haven't beat it yet, but I will eventually. But Paul will be very proud to hear that I finally started Celeste. Um, I only died, finally. only died 149 times in the first chapter. Um, but it's really fun. It's I like how forgiving it is. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's a good little kind of time sink way to pass the time without like investing too much i don't know because when you play a game like jedi fallen order or any of those other games you're like i have to sit down and play this for like two hours but then celeste you could just pick up and play for like five minutes and you're like okay i'm good and then celeste is really good yeah and it's a lot of fun especially we get into like the story elements of it yeah it's really good yeah i've, I've talked to a few characters i think i'm in like chapter three now so it's pretty good so far um good. that's all i played I, actually no that's a lie i played jackbox party pack uh four with my family I actually ended up buying it because it was on sale on psn um that one specifically all the other packs weren't on sale so i was like sure i'll get this one because it's cheap um because we always end up playing um this game was free on ps plus a while ago called that's you um it's one of those games where you like, all connect your phone to the ps4 and you play or whatever but we've played it so many times that we were kind of getting sick of it so i bought jackbox um and it was kind of fun um it's interesting whenever you look up like which party pack is the best pretty much like everyone says like two or four are the best but like even those there's only like two or three games in them that are actually good and the rest are trash so it's basically a competition yeah. of like which one has the best two games so yeah i bought jackbox party pack two for my switch and yeah, yeah i don't know that we has played like it a couple times or whatever right say it again yeah i think so quiplash yeah uh, but it was interesting it was kind of fun we played uh fibbage and the family really loved that one it's like this game where Honestly, I don't even know how to explain it. Just trust me when I say it's good. <laughs> Anyways, um, and then that's all for games. I saw Birds of Prey and Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit all in the past three days. Um, all three... Oh, you did watch Marriage Story just in the past couple of days? I thought you saw that a while ago. No, I just watched it on the plane home um, oh, from Florida. And so if I had to rate all three of them, it would be Marriage Story at the bottom, Birds of Prey, and then Jojo Rabbit. Um, Marriage Story was fine. I understand why it's getting praise and why it's nominated for Best Picture. But it's, I don't know, it's not for me. It's kind of boring. Repeat that again. You would put them from best to worst. Where would you put them? From best to worst, best being Jojo Rabbit, then Birds of Prey, then Merit Story. Oh, Jojo Rabbit was better than Birds of Prey? Okay. Jojo Rabbit was really, really good. Jojo Rabbit's also nominated for Best Picture. I don't know if you were aware. Yes, I knew um, that. But yeah, I, I had hold, held off on seeing it for such a long time. It came out back in November. Um, and I don't know why I held off. I think like initial reviews weren't that great. So I was just like, oh, whatever, I can wait. Um, but I finally saw it and it was really, really good. I genuinely enjoyed it. This is the one that's, uh, written, directed by Taika Waititi and starring also kind of, he's like in a supporting role, um, hmm. as Hitler. So it's like, it's a weird oh, black, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like a weird black comedy. Um, so at first you're like, Hmm, I don't know if this is funny cause it's like Hitler, but then it's, I don't know. It's just genuinely really, really good. I really liked it a lot. Um, and then birds of prey was also a lot of fun. Uh, this was my first movie seeing harley quinn because i never saw suicide squad um but it's good that you don't have to see suicide squad it kind of has this whole explainer in the beginning assuming that people haven't seen suicide squad which is nice um but it's really really good i genuinely enjoyed it it was a lot of fun and marriage story was fine uh also the good place ended and the finale was like an hour-long special and it was so freaking good please watch the good place if you haven't yet it is on hulu i want to say or netflix or both um, but it's very, very good. V, okay. good. But that's it. 
Well, now that we're like halfway into the episode. I was going to say, now that we're 28 minutes into the show. This is the best um, part of the show. Let's be real. Everything else is just padding. A lot, a lot of people hang up right now. They're like, click. <laughs> All right, cool. Next. <laughs> See ya. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Obviously, another mostly Disney-filled uh, entertainment hot toppies here. There's a few so, things that aren't, but yeah. There are. So perhaps one of the largest ones. Uh, so obviously hot toppies for uh, entertainment we'll start there so anyways one of the biggest ones here is that the obi-wan series is supposedly on hold <gasps> um, bum, bum, bum. this was announced as exclusively coming to disney plus uh this one comes from adam chitwood over at collider uh who says two independent two independent sources with knowledge of the situation tell collider that the obi-wan series has been put on hold as the crew that had assembled at pinewood studios in london was sent home the time frame was not given, but the crew was told that the show would be down, quote, indefinitely. We're hearing that Lucasfilm president Obi-Wan producer Kathleen Kennedy was not happy with the scripts. Sources tell us what will most likely happen next is the scripts will be reworked and with the hopeful goal of reassembling this summer. But there's always possibility that the time frame could shift. Um, yeah, this is kind of a mess because Lizzie McGuire, obviously, also on hold. Um, actually, I should look up if there's any new things on that, but... Anyways, Lizzie McGuire's on hold. Obi-Wan's on hold. Um, I'm wondering if this was... I mean, this is obviously like a total stretch prediction, whatever. But I'm wondering if it's as a result of the reception of The Rise of Skywalker. um, That maybe they're like, okay, maybe we shouldn't play up like nostalgia or whatever and do all these things and make a story that's incoherent just to serve the fans. Maybe we should do something completely new as of... Or like a la Mandalorian, where that was, you know, received incredibly well. And wasn't tied to any like silly nostalgia besides the one scene in um, in Tatooine or whatever. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's frustrating because yeah, all the Rise of Skywalker stuff aside, I just wish that they would just give some creative freedom. I think that they gave John Favreau creative freedom with Mandalorian, and he did well with it. I'm sure you're gonna have ones people that take their creative freedoms and screw it up. Yeah, but let them do that. I mean, I think that the new the, well, the Skywalker, the new Skywalker trilogy, we'll say, was so rushed that it just was like you had to figure it out. You didn't have time to figure it out. Just get it done. Yeah. And that's and this is the result. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's it's I always it's easy to paint like Kathleen Kennedy and any producer as like the big wig, like villains that are like, no, it has to be like this is the story you want to tell and like taking control. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully she's making the right decision here. Yeah, yeah, hopefully she is, and, you know, I don't know. Why don't we jump down to the Marvel side of the house, because we have that a few stories down, but I think it'd be good to tie that right into this. So, we talked about, um, obviously, the Disney Plus releases that are coming out from the Marvel side of the house, but we did get a TV spot during the Super Bowl that pretty much confirmed that Falcon the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki are coming soon, Uh, and and then during... (laughs) <laughs> then during the earn- earnings meeting, Bob Iger did reveal that um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be coming in August, WandaVision will be coming in December, Loki will be coming in 2021, and they also confirmed that The Mandalorian Season 2 will be in October. Uh, and something that we didn't mention here, the most important news of all, High School Musical, the musical of the series, is getting Season 2, and they're doing Beauty and the Beast as their special. So is it still so- going to be called High School Musical? The musical of the series, or is it called Beauty and the Beast, the musical of the series? I don't know. I think there's still going to be like high school musical drama. Yeah. So, obviously. yeah. I don't know. But That's yeah, exciting. I agree. That, that one's weird. So, yeah. But 
Um, there's I imagine also that rumor- they would just do High School Musical 2, the musical, the series, and then High School Musical 3. But sure, that works too. Yeah, I think that that'll probably be like maybe season three, and then they'll do something else in season four, and then High School Musical three and season five. I don't know. We'll see. This is assuming it gets all these seasons, but who knows? I know. Well, yeah, they're. I, I was watching this video this morning. Was, oh, he has a breakout success. And blah blah blah. So it was really good. Uh, it was very good. I'll give him that. But yes, so that was announced during the earnings meeting. Um, this one comes from the Hollywood Reporter. Mr. Aaron Couch uh, says during an earnings call, the exec said the Mandalorian will return in October and will run beyond season two, Ooh. including the possibility of infusing it with more characters and taking those characters in their own direction in terms of series. Ooh. So don't worry. Baby Yoda, the series, the musical, the series is happening. <laughs> Confirmed. You heard it here first. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. There we go. Yeah. So pretty cool. Disney Plus had 28.6 million paid subscribers as of Monday. With less than three months after launch, so that was pretty cool. It's wild to think that it's only been out for less than three months, but yeah. Anyways, it feels like a normal part of like your streaming library now. It doesn't feel like anything additional. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if they actually release like the Mandalorian on Blu-ray because obviously they, Netflix did that with Stranger Things, but I'd imagine that they'll try to cash in on that. Did they do that with Stranger Things? I didn't even know. Yeah, Stranger Things was released on Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray uh, for seasons one and two. I don't think season three was released, but Target had these cool, like, they looked like old VHS boxes, mm. and they were the Blu-rays of uh, the shows. Interesting. That'd and they didn't cool. sell well because they were, like, $5 at one point. And also they because get rid of them. everyone already has Netflix. Like, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why would you buy something that you can stream for free? But anyways. Um, sweet. And then... Uh, rounding out Disney Plus news, it looks like Timmy Failure mistakes were made. Is that okay? So yes, <laughs> Timmy Failure mistakes were made. Uh, the movie was released, I believe, on Disney Plus, and reviews have been pouring in, and they're mostly positive, surprisingly. Actually, um, it's got an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 73% audience score. Um, the critic consensus says a fast and f- a fun, fast-paced film for all. Timmy Failure mistakes were made celebrates the power of imagination and a delightful sense of humor, and just the right amount of bears. So that's funny. I literally opened this up maybe five minutes ago, and it was 83%. And you said 85 I'm like, wait a second. I might have got it wrong. And then I refreshed it. saying 85%. So Interesting. positive reviews are coming in by the second, folks. <laughs> Watch it while you still can before they take it off the air. <laughs> so dumb. Anyways. Um, 99 then, minutes. Oh, it's only an hour and a half. That's not that long. Yeah, it's a little baby movie. Um, so a lot of things have been coming to Disney Plus in the past few days. Um so there's a lot of things coming this month, and I'll kind of run through really quickly here. Um, as of so, the it's, yeah today's February eighth. So these things will already be available. Uh, Around the world in eighty days, Big Business, The Sandlot, Wicked Tuna, uh, Descendants three, Toy Story four, Diary of a Future President episode one hundred four, and uh, Disney Family Sundays, which I don't even know what that is. Um, a new episode of Marvel Hero Project. Blah blah blah. Let's see. Timmy Failure Mistakes Were Made premiered. Obviously, we just talked about that. And then coming as of tomorrow uh, is Old Dogs. And then on Valentine's Day, February 14th, we have My Dog the Thief Splash because of Winn-Dixie. No, that yeah. movie's deleted. Which one? Because of Winn-Dixie? Yes, that's a sad dog movie. Oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> Cheaper by the Dozen. Uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief. Uh, let's see. Fairy Tale Oh, I'm not Weddings. even looking at it. It is a sad Disney, uh, Disney. Yeah, wow, sad dog movie. <laughs> there is a series for Disney fairy tale weddings. 
interesting. Yeah, so you can watch it and realize how poor you are. <laughs> nice, love that. Um, let's see. Yeah, there's just a bunch of new episodes for stuff. I don't think anything else. Unlikely Animal Friends, seasons one and two, February 21st. Star Wars Resistance, season two, comes out February 25th. Hmm. Um, oh, Alaska then. to Marry Me, please. Ha, 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 ha. I hate that. <laughs> Anyways, yes, that is it. Toy Story 4 is obviously the biggest one there, and everything else. Speaking of things that are overpriced and make you feel poor, I forgot to say this before. What? We went to Whole Foods for the first time today. (laughs) I was like, where is he going with this? What happened? And let me tell you, every expectation that I ever had was met. You walk in, and there's just like all this stuff. So we're like, okay, we're looking for like, you know, basic food because, you know, we're basic. First of all, everything's <laughs> organic, so fine. Okay. It's not even that expensive. But it's like, there's so many options. I don't even know where to begin. I'm looking. I'm like, oh, I need apples. And it's like, well, would you like organic pink lady apples? Or would you like honey crisp apples? Or gala apples? Or you definitely these want apples honey over crisp. here? Honey crisp are good. Honey crisp are good. Honey crisp are expensive. You got expensive taste, boy. No, I don't. So, Those are like the basic ones at Target. <laughs> honey crisp are not the basic ones at Target. I believe me. Gala oh, are the my basic God. ones. I will literally go get the bag of good and gather Target brand ass honey crisp apples that I got for like $2. And it was like That is a 10 lie. Apples. Oh, my God. Go Please get hold. them right now. I'm going to go get the apple bag. Talk away. Anyways, so as I was saying, it's just, I don't know, it's too much. It's just too much. And... You know, there's. I will give them credit. There's a lot of like Amazon balloons everywhere that say Prime member deal, so you feel like you're really getting a good deal, which you probably are. But it's one of those things where there's just too much to take in, and it's like, I don't know. I guess I wasn't thinking when I was looking at some of these things, but I was walking down one of the aisles, and it's like Hearts of Palm, Rainforest Friendly, and I was like, you see my beautiful Target brand Honey Crisp apples? How much were they? I don't know. They were like two dollars. That's bullshit. Maybe line. three. Three How many pounds of apples. Oh, they're little tiny baby ones. I can eat that in one bite. They're three pounds. I say crunch. There was a lot of them. I have eaten a lot of them. I'm going to eat one right now. Don't no, you I won't, dare eat I it on the... Oh, my God. I'll kill you. I won't because I've had these for like over two weeks. I had these before I went to Florida, so I think they're going bad. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're going to tell me you paid $2 for them when you bought them two weeks ago? You can't remember what you did yesterday. Oh, my God. Anyways. All right. Anyways, as I was saying, there's all these different options. So, I guess I didn't realize the hearts of palm like are making the rainforest not good because they're like rainforest <laughs> making the rainforest not good <laughs> they're like rainforest friendly hearts of palm and i'm like okay maybe i'm ignorant and i didn't realize that you know i was killing the rainforest by eating hearts of palm i don't so, even know what hearts of palm are oh they're good they're like like my sister, my sister was schooling me being well yeah they take them from the palm tree i guess i didn't realize that i don't know i don't know what i thought they were but they're good look them up later they're, you know, if you want to act like you're rich, you can eat them, but... Are they, like, anyways. a snack food? Like, do you pop them, like, sunflower you seeds? You put them on, we, like, we'll put them on, like, salads and stuff like that. We haven't done it in a while, but we did before. Huh. So, anyways. Interesting. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm good not going back to Whole Foods unless I have, like, a mission. But they, like, rate the beef in the back based on, like, you go to, like, buy beef or whatever, and it's like, oh, do you want to rate... I don't know. It's just too much. I can't say that I've ever stepped foot in Whole Foods, but now I'm curious. And then, My interest and then hold on. So then they have ground chicken and stuff like that, but it's vacuum sealed. So it's like the packaging. Imagine vacuum sealing the packaging, right? So mm-hmm. it's up against every grain of the ground meat, right? <laughs> so you could like touch the ground meat and feel it 
And of course I did. So <laughs> I was like, this is what it feels like. I'm like, this is disgusting. I got to leave. Have you never like made hamburger patties? You're touching ground No, I have. In that but sense. like it looks so weird because it almost looks like the package is open. Because you know how usually it's just like a package and there's like saran wrap over it to hold yes. it like tight? Yeah. This is like, it goes in. So instead of the saran wrap being over it, it goes in because it it's vacuum sealed. In. Anyways, speaking of random tangents, um, back to the Disney California Adventure expansion I was talking about. It came from WDW News Today. This Disney, episode is never ending. Go ahead. Disney California Adventure vice president alludes to a possible $800 million Hollywood land overhaul. Black box dark ride as next park project after Marvel. Um, but I feel like this is all extreme speculation, so I'm not even going to go into this. But that's where I got it from. I wasn't At least you weren't hallucinating. Today. That's good. Yes. Anyways. Now, rounding out the Disney Plus news officially, Lilo and Stitch live-action movie is planned for Disney Plus. Um, this one comes from IGN. The Lilo and Stitch live-action adaptation is set to start filming this fall and will be set to premiere as an original film on Disney Plus. According to Diz Insider, Lilo and Stitch is set to be a live-action CGI hybrid film that is set to start filming in Hawaii. Uh, they also report that the original voice for Stitch, Chris Sanders, is expected to reprise the role for the film adaptation. Let me tell you right now, I'm going to predict the future. Stitch is going to be haunted and cursed. I don't think so, but also it smells like something is burning. I want to make sure that my house is not on fire. You take the next one really quick. Oh, man, you're a mess. I don't know what's happening. Ahmed doesn't even want to record with us. It genuinely smells like something's on fire. Okay, well, go check the the kitchen. Make sure your Honeycrisp apples aren't on fire. (laughs) I'll be right back. You continue. Go ahead. I will take over it all. All right, let's see. Oh, yeah, good. These are the, the booty butt articles. So, moving on, my friends. Uh, Resident Evil series is confirmed for Netflix. So, this one comes from a couple different sources here. Uh, first one being uh, coming from Resident Evil Wiki, at Wiki on Twitter. It's finally been confirmed that a Netflix adaptation of Resident Evil is in the works. Attached to the description taken from Netflix's media center. See also a Wayback Machine archive of the search result we took from a few minutes ago. So, there was a leak that, uh, that showed, that or at least suggested... That uh, Resident Evil is coming to Netflix, so um, it looks like Netflix may have accidentally slipped the uh, the news here. So it also comes from Polygon, uh, which I'm sure. Let's see here. So Polygon says, uh, and I quote from Owen S. Good, says that Greenwood Asylum in Clearfield, Maryland, apparently are new settings to the canon of the 25 year old franchise. Deadline reported last year around this time that Netflix was working on a, quote, scripted series based on the hit action horror franchise, which has spanned almost two dozen games and remakes since 1996. So, this is exciting, I guess. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Resident Evil movies were lackluster at best. They were. Good news. Nothing's on fire. I don't know what I'm smelling, but it smells like gas. So, I hope that the upstairs neighbor's not on fire, because that would be oh, fun. Oh, my God. Can you <laughs> sing to them through the through the uh, grates? <laughs> uh, sure. I'll get, up. I'll get right on that. Anyways, uh, yeah, this smells fading. I don't know. Maybe it's my computer that's about to burst into flames. Who knows? Oh, my God. You need to figure that out. We we kind of covered this other one here. The Knives Out. Knives Out got uh, approved greenlit for a sequel. Uh, this one comes from Andrew Smith over IGN. The sequel could release as early as 2022. Lionsgate CEO John Feltmeyer. Feltheimer? Feltheimer. 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 Uh, Feltheimer has revealed that a Knives Out sequel is on the way with a possible 2022 release date. Sequel announcement came at a third quarter earnings call where Feltheimer told investors the company's 2022 slate will be one of our most exciting ever. 
Director Ryan Johnson has been a big proponent of a Knives Out sequel, telling Deadline that, quote, the idea of continuing it on seems like it would just be a blast. Johnson continued, but there's a lot that has to happen before that can happen, first and foremost being writing a script. So, if it's anything like The Last Jedi, then, I don't know. Last Jedi was good. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, I'm only joking. I just said it just to say it, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it needs a sequel, but do you? I mean, let's milk every series as much as possible. I mean, maybe it would be like a new, like it wouldn't be titled Knives Out 2. It would be titled like something else and be like a Knives Out story, and it would just be featuring the same detective in an entirely new murder mystery. But I don't know. I think Knives Out was pretty good. Hard to top it. Um, but anyways, speaking of hard to top, um, Chris Rock apparently has written and is starring in a new Saw movie, which is a sentence that I didn't imagine I would ever say. Um, this one comes from IGN again, because <laughs> IGN's where we get all our news. This is just the IGN show. Um, from Matt Perslow. Uh, it says, Chris Rock's new entry in the long-running Saw horror series finally has not just a poster and a trailer, but also a name. It's called Spiral from the Book of Saw. Uh, anyone familiar with the movies will know exactly where that name hails from. It's the red spiral design drawn on the cheeks of the main villain, Jigsaw's puppet, uh, Billy. The design seems to be making a haunting return in the latest film in the series, which not only stars Chris Rock, but features a story created by him too. And also has uh, Samuel L. Jackson is noted as a as a character or whatever, or an actor This series on the is garbage. Just throw it in the garbage can. Be the, done with it. The first two Saw movies were good, and that was I it. have never seen a Saw movie in my life, but they're all garbage. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Anyways. Speaking of movies that aren't garbage, go ahead. Take away. Go ahead. This isn't even... I don't even... I've never seen Hamilton. So Disney's I've bringing... I've never seen Hamilton either. Disney's bringing Hamilton to movie theaters in 2021. But don't worry. It's not a Hollywood adaptation of the original play, but it's actually a recording of a live, live Broadway performance featuring the original cast on stage at the Richard Rogers Theater. Um, this one comes from IGN again. Uh, Disney's press release touts a technology called Live Capture with the goal of capturing the energy of a live performance while also giving viewers an intimacy that isn't usually possible from a stage musical. Musical. I don't understand how what that means, but sure. Um, Lin-Manuel's wildly popular stage musical, Hamilton, is finally heading to movie uh, U.S. theaters, distributed by Disney, October 5th, 2021. Um, and it comes following an arrangement between Disney company uh, Lin-Manuel and producer Jeffrey Seller and director Thomas Kale. So, very exciting stuff, I guess. I still haven't seen Hamilton. Probably will I never because tickets are still like $400 to this day. Uh, so at work, we enter the lottery like daily. Oh, you do? Anyways. Yeah. And it's like you can like, you can do it through your phone. So. I know. I always forget. And I'm like, I live in the city. I should be entering all these lotteries. And yet, here I am. Garbage. Trash can. I knew it. It's so funny. People will come visit the city for like a week and they're like, oh, we saw three shows. And I'm like, I've been living here for four years. And I saw two. Which anyway, two did you see? Aladdin and Lion King. <laughs> oh, anyways. The only one's worth seeing. I'm kidding. True. Now, um, finally, with 15 minutes left, can we speed run through all of the 20 gaming hot tops? Yeah, hot we'll get this. Ready? All right. Buckle in, boys and girls. All right. Hot tops for gaming. Let's begin. The moment you've all been waiting for is finally here. Damon X Machina is coming to PC. This one comes from Polygon. And it comes from Michael McWhorter over at Polygon, who says... Uh, Damon X Machina, the third-person mech shooter from developer Marvelous, is coming to Windows PC later this month. Previously released on Nintendo Switch and published by Nintendo there, the PC port will drop on Steam on February 13th, published by Xseed. Who is Xseed seems to... Yeah. Uh, what? Or 
was the no just kidding no they're just I thought a publisher they were. just kidding i lied yeah so they pretty much pick up the pieces they published um the last story on nintendo wii because nobody wanted to bring it uh stateside here to america so they did that uh they've done a couple other scenarios like that so um all right moving into some more details about it. this one comes from silicon era who says that Damon X Machina will be able to support up to 200 FPS and high res textures because, you know, if you're going to play a bad game, play it in high res uh, textures. Here. So uh, they convinced. say users will be able. To- Sorry, what? I was going to say I'm convinced that it was only bad on Switch because it had terrible graphics. So maybe it'll, it, maybe there's a good game hiding under bad textures. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Who knows? Uh, users will be able to pick between frame rates of 30, 60, 120, 144, and 200 FPS. Resolutions up to 4K will be sorted on PC, as well uh, as will non 16 by 9 aspect ratios with black bars around the screen. As far as graphic settings go, one will be able to tweak texture quality with high res textures available, shadow quality, depth of field, and anti aliasing, among others. Uh, great. I don't care. I don't think <laughs> Meg cares. And I. You sh- think that it might genuinely be an okay game (laughs) it was just really bad in the demo because it was like i couldn't see what was happening it was like n64 anyways moving on i'll probably never play also but maybe should um the wonderful 101 has had a kickstarter to remaster it and it's basically smashed its goal like destroyed its goal like the goal was forty nine thousand four hundred and thirty dollars that's really oh it's converted from yen and yeah. they're now over a million almost at a million and a half dollars they're exactly at one million four hundred eighty eight thousand five hundred and sixty four dollars um which is insane so there's a lot of meaning or a lot of story behind this right so the bottom line is they so platinum games released a wonderful 101 for for the wii u as a launch window title, I believe. I can't remember if it came out. No, I believe it was a launch window title. And obviously, whatever released on Wii U essentially died because it didn't do well because the, the um, penetration of the Wii U was so low. So there have been all these hints at the Wonderful 101 Remastered coming, and then it just never did. So a Platinum Games took it upon themselves and talked to Nintendo, apparently, got permission to do this Kickstarter, and they're doing this wonderful 101 remaster now, and it's coming out for Nintendo Switch and for PS4, So, which is pretty cool. So people will be able to experience it um, through either one of, those, one of those two systems. So I did back this. I played very little of it on Wii U, but it's a very interesting concept. Uh, I think you should back it as well and support this stuff. But there's all different price tiers here, ranging up to like... I think like $2,000, $2,500. You can get all this crazy stuff. It's hard to tell because everything is in yen. So uh, it's hard Your to screen, see. if you're logged in, or no, it should automatically convert it if you're logged in, I think. Mine's showing it in yen, and I'm like, uh, oh, it says about $10, about $36, about $40. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, but anyways, what? Good Pledge without that. a reward, about $47. Back it because you believe in it? Anyways. Oh, <laughs> oh you can... You can choose how much you want to back. Oh, Anyways, yeah. that's stupid. Um, not stupid. I appreciate it, but at least back a higher tier and get something for it. But right. Anyways, so yes, it did smash its record. It's uh, only been up, I believe, for four days now. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. So yeah, I've been they have getting... A few stretch goals here. Um, once it hits one and a half million, they're going to introduce a something called Lucas First Mission, which is a brand new 2D side-scrolling adventure. Um, and then uh, a million... And 75, what? What am I saying? 1.75 million uh, gets a remix soundtrack featuring a secret special guest. 
So. Yeah, I do hope it hits the 1.5 million because that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think. That um, I but I did. Should. I didn't say that it it is coming to Steam as well. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, stuff, but stuff. yeah, that's a very cool story of how you know a game comes to life and now it's doing well. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and apparently it's been it's already been worked on, so it's like ready to go. So it's going to come out in April. Like they're pretty much just getting the money now, and they're going to be they're they see that the money's there, so they're just going to start distributing it. Oh, nice! Which is pretty cool. Finally, I so. able to pay whoever worked on it. Basically, that's good. Yeah, good for them. Well, yeah, I guess you can look at it that way too, right? Um, speaking of things that aren't coming, Dying Light Two has been delayed <laughs> indefinitely. <laughs> This one comes from the Digital Wise. Uh, Dying Light 2, Techland's follow-up to the open-world uh, zombie action game from 2015 has been pushed back. The Polish developer or Polish publisher announced on Monday that the sequel will not make its originally scheduled release window of spring 2020. Um, quote, they were initially uh, aiming for a spring 2020 release with Dying Light 2, but unfortunately we need more development time to fulfill our vision, said Techland CEO Pawel Marchuka say is that his last name is um and a note posted to the franchise's twitter account he added our priority is to deliver an experience that the lives or that lives up to our own high standards and the expectations of you our fans so maybe this will be a 2021 release who knows who cares actually this game look kind of good <laughs> so i can't say i ever played dying light one so that's fine Whatever. i played dying light one and then traded in and got rid of it <laughs> well but it was that. it's good but it just it was a little too like spooky for me when you're playing at night, and I was like, "I'm good." <laughs> I gotta say, I'm sick of zombies. After The Walking Dead, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, I I get it. So remember The Walking Dead? Bad movie or bad show? I mean. Bad movie. Anyways, bad movie. It was a long. Oh, movie. Walking Dead! I hate that book. <laughs> um, it was a book. That's not right. that weird. That was a comic book. That's different than a book. It's the same thing. Oh Go man, on. Sonic the Hedgehog one. is uh, all over my screen here. So, anyways, the movie comes out. Next Friday, in case you didn't know. So go see it. That's it's a good fun. Valentine's date special there. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the next article here. Ahmed's like, can you get it done in 15 minutes? Let me ramble. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. The Behemoth announces an alien ho- a new Alien Hominid game called Alien Hominid Invasion. This one comes from Sean Prescott over at PC Gamer, who says, Castle Crasher Studio, The Behemoth, has just announced its fifth game, and it's a return to the studio's roots. Alien Hominid Invasion harkens back to the ye-old Newgrounds Flash game, which originally released in 2004. It has since released on a bunch of other platforms, including, but not limited to, the PS2, the Xbox, the Game Boy Advance, iOS, GameCube, but not Steam. Anyway, this new game, while an alien hominid game, doesn't look to be a simple retread. In the description for the trailer embedded in, on the, on the uh, article there, the studio writes that it's a, co- a quote, co-op arcade shooter uh, that'll be an all-new reimagination of the studio's first game, Alien Hominid HD. So, way back in the day, I did actually forget this, Alien Hominid was a Newgrounds Flash game. Remember Newgrounds? I remember Newgrounds. I remember Newgrounds, but I don't remember Alien Hominid, to be totally yeah. honest. If you if you look it up, you might be able to still play it there. Alien um, Hominid. But, but, yeah, so... Oh, wow, this is like Invader Zim yeah era it's, it's pretty in, it's pretty intense not really but anyway yeah so super popular came out um obviously the same developer that made it made castle crashers which is even more popular uh so pretty cool stuff good to see that they're still making new games here um all right moving down the list this is like a, a trifecta uh yeah kind of like a trifecta it's so like two things it's like two and a half sure <laughs> 
Go in on. a in striking and sad news, but also good because I just bought the Switch Lite. Um, Nintendo says that there will not be a new Switch in 2020, meaning a new hardware SKUs. A new hardware SKUs. This one comes from Marielle Moon over at Ingadget, uh, who says Nintendo will start. Oh, yeah, you messed me up, Ahmed. All right, I didn't do anything. Nintendo will start selling a special Animal Crossing uh, designed Switch, which we'll talk about in a few seconds here, in March, but it won't be releasing a brand new model this year. Shantaro Farokawa, the gaming giant's uh, president and CEO, has laid rumors to rest that an upgraded version of the console is on the way. In a call with investors, the executive said, please note that we have no plans to launch a new model of the Nintendo Switch during 2020. It said the company will focus on communicating the appeal of the current consoles and expanding their user base. Obviously, right into that, this one comes from IGN, uh, who announced, uh, Nintendo essentially announced on Twitter that a special edition Animal Crossing Nintendo Switch, regular, not the light, will be coming. Um, and it's beautiful. It'll be coming out on March 13th uh, for $299.99. And it's just a week before Animal Crossing New Horizons will be released. And it's got these pastel Joy-Cons with white backs. It's got a themed um, white Switch dock with the little Nook uh, with Tom Nook and his little children, the, whatever they call them. What do they call them? I don't, I don't know. know. The Nookins? Who knows? Tommy and Timmy, I think, are their names. Oh, there we go. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, and it's really nice. Nintendo actually just released an unboxing video on uh, online of it, and it is yeah. really nice. If you don't have so. a Switch, this might be the one to get. Um, but I don't believe it comes to the game, though. Uh, that would be interesting if it doesn't. Does Animal Crossing Switch... <laughs> Click, 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 click. Come with the game. I think the answer is no. Interesting. Uh, and it will not come with the title included. Hmm. Well, regardless, it's still beautiful and worth the money. Um, if you don't already well, have a Switch. You or if you're rich. One. I won't. But thanks. You should buy one. Okay. <laughs> won't. Uh, apparently, it might be delayed, though, due to the coronavirus. Um, Nintendo's full statement on this, which comes from IGN, uh, we can confirm that the manufacturing of some Nintendo products for the Japanese market has been delayed due to high impact of uh, the 2019 coronavirus outbreak. Uh, Nintendo does not anticipate a significant impact on our broader global supply chain for systems and accessories at this time, and product sales in North America and Europe, including pre-orders, are not affected. Oh, so then we're fine. Oh, anyways. Anyways. I, to- I totally read that the wrong way, but yes, okay. So, but- the drama. The drama is here. <laughs> No drama. This was the half. This I see where the trifecta was coming from. Yes. I didn't realize. But apparently coronavirus is delaying the Outer Worlds for Switch. Um, the game will be coming on cartridge, though, which is exciting news. But uh, Pirate Private Division said on Twitter that we're delaying Outer Worlds on Nintendo Switch due to the coronavirus impacting the Virtuos team on the port, uh, working on the port, to provide them enough finish, uh, time to finish development. We'll now be releasing the physical version on cartridge. Uh, once we have a new launch date, we'll let you know. Now, before, this was just going to be a code in a box. So now they're releasing it on cartridge, which is pretty cool. So That's good. So the delay came in handy, even though coronavirus is affecting the team. And I hope that it doesn't, you know, hurt them. Yeah. So let's talk about the next one. And then I want to go back to the no new Nintendo Switch this year article there. Um, So the Switch has officially outsold the Xbox One. Uh, and now this one comes from Forbes, and I want to read a couple quotes here from the article um, that we've pulled apart here. And this one comes from Paul Tassi, me, but not me. Um, <laughs> you in another says, world. Because it's very interesting how people are, are concluding this, this uh, news here. 
So Nintendo put up some massive numbers in a recent earnings report revealing that 16 million copies of Pokemon Sword and Shield sold in six weeks, the highest since Gold and Silver, Wow! and its best Switch sales quarter since launch with 10.81 million sold, bringing its grand total to 52.48 million units. Hitting that 50 million mark is significant because for the first time it seems entirely possible that the Nintendo Switch has actually outsold the Xbox One. Now, here's a little tidbit that you may not know. Microsoft stopped reporting Xbox One, specific Xbox One sales, a few years ago. But third-party estimates put the Xbox One at around 50 million units, with Sony's 102.8 million beating it by roughly a 2-to-1 margin, despite both consoles launching at the same time. Holy shit, I didn't realize the PS4 outsold the Xbox One that much. They're saying that the PS4 could become, if it's not already, the highest-selling system of all time. That's crazy. I did not yeah. realize that, that it was power that of Spider Man. Honestly, though, I'm a, I was always a Sony Nintendo camp, so this is fine to me. Yeah. So the very interesting that Microsoft will not release specific Xbox figures anymore, and they haven't been for a few years now. So obviously, if you have something to gloat about, you're not gonna be like, mm, I'm not saying anything. Or even if it's like marginally worse than the PS4, yeah. You know. So I don't know. But I remember, Not a reading, good thing. I remember reading something recently where Microsoft was saying that they don't consider Sony and or yeah Sony and Nintendo to be their their competitors at this point. They consider I don't know who they consider their competitors, but they're I guess they're going towards more of instead of like specifically gaming, it's more so just I don't know a platform for gaming. So I think they don't want to report hardware hardware numbers because maybe they're leaning more towards X Cloud kind of stuff like where they're more of like a platform that's powering gaming as opposed to making sure that they have their box inside everyone's house i don't know uh, i don't know it's 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 really weird so i don't know it, it nintendo acted the same way when the, when the wii u wasn't doing well too yeah they were like so, mm, no numbers we're good yeah i mean from the forbes article they all say in their own report microsoft reporting that it's one dark spot was gaming revenue with that down 21 percent year over year even though subscription revenue had increased Game Pass subscriptions doubled in a single quarter. Some of this is par for the course when Microsoft has announced its next-generation console, the Xbox Series X, but with the two new rival system systems on the horizon, that clearly didn't stop the Switch from pulling up its best quarter ever, more than three years into its lifespan. Um, so a, a lot of interesting information here. So it's not surprising that Nintendo is saying that they're not going to release a new Switch this year. And... If you're going to go and put out the PS5, the Series X, and a new Switch, the Switch is going to get just, it's going to get washed away. Yeah. Because the the Xbox and the PS5 could suck royally, and people are still going to buy them because it's the new thing. It's Christmas time. People are going to be losing their minds trying to get them. Yep. So, um, which I'm really excited for because I'm especially excited for the PS5, but I'm also excited for the Xbox, and I hope that there's good launch titles for both. So... It'll be a very exciting next, you know, six or eight months. Um, I would say E3 should be exciting, but it's not going to be because they keep people keep pulling out of it. Obviously, Microsoft will be there, but I don't believe Sony is planning to be there. Uh, that we reported on that a few weeks ago, so it's uh, pretty crazy. So we'll see what happens, but a very exciting year ahead for games. I think that probably around the same time frame of when Nintendo announced and released the Switch in March. Three and a half years ago, I guess, or three years ago, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they'll probably go to something like that, or even over the summer kind of thing, where they release a Switch Pro or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. If they release Switch Pro during the holidays, would be a disaster. There's no way that people are gonna 
be able to make it a would just fall by the wayside yeah yeah and and choose the switch over like a ps5 or and it's not going to run 4k i mean maybe it would i don't know but the xbox series x and the ps5 are going to shoot you know have a pissing match about ray tracing and all this other stuff that yep. it would just it would be deemed as the lesser console not as strong blah 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 yep, yep, yep. um anyways yeah. oh okay i'll take this one i know you know a lot about pokemon home so I i'll jump know this. zero so pokemon home details were announced uh this one comes from you guessed it ign uh we've got a bunch of contributors here thank you to everybody that has contributed to this wiki post so we will go through a couple things here Essentially, Pokemon Home is a place to store your Pokemon. So it is very similar to what Pokemon Bank was for the Nintendo 3DS, uh, but it's a cloud-based Pokemon storage system now that lives on your phone uh, and connects to your your devices, obviously, like your Switch and your 3DS. So, okay. You can link the same Nintendo. This one comes from the wiki here. Um, Excuse me. You can link the same Nintendo account to both the Nintendo Switch version and the mobile version of Pokemon Home and access the same Pokemon box on both versions. Once Pokemon is in Pokemon Home, it should be able to be transferred to Pokemon Sword and Shield as long as it belongs in the Pokemon Sword and Shield Pokedex. Uh, So it is going to be coming out in February 2020. Uh, The games that are compatible with Pokemon Home are going to be Pokemon Sword and Shield, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, Pokemon Bank, um, and then that'll be free for a month when Pokemon Home is released. And... Essentially, every 3DS game was compatible with Pokemon Bank, so by extension, they'll be compatible with Pokemon Home. And Pokemon Go will be compatible in the future as well, but not upon release. Um, There is a warning here. Once you send a Pokemon from Pokemon Bank to Pokemon Home, you can't send it back. Uh, Once Pokemon is moved from Pokemon Let's Go, it is moved to Pokemon Shield and Sword. It cannot be moved back to Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee. However, you can move Pokemon from Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu to Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or vice versa. So, confused yet? Hang tight. So, <laughs> I have a no basic idea what's plan. happening. I'm it's just essentially like, just, uh-huh, uh-huh, it, uh-huh. it's like a way to, to transfer your Pokemon between games that you normally wouldn't be able to transfer them between. Got so, it. that's all it is. It's like the Pokemon boxes, but now for anything, it's like a central place. So it's on a subscription basis. So there's a free plan and there's a paid plan. So you can't move Pokemon from the Pokemon Bank to Pokemon Home with the free version. Uh, but I believe you get that's what that free month was about. Uh, the number of Pokemon that can be deposited on the free version is only 30 Pokemon as opposed to 6,000 if you pay. Uh, the number of Pokemon that can be placed in the Wonder Box at once. I don't know what that means. Don't ask me. Uh, the free version allows you for three. The paid is 10. The number of Pokemon that can be placed in the GTS, uh, the Global Trading System, all at once is one Pokemon for the free version, three Pokemon for premium. That's the online uh, trading system that they have set up. Um, Room Trade, you can participate in the free version, but you can participate and host a Room Trade. I guess you can set up, this has gone so wild from the cafeteria days of my Pokemon Link Cable or my Game Boy Link Cable. Oh my god, remember those? Yeah, that was wild. So uh, you can participate and host with the paid version. Uh, the judging function is unavailable in the free section and the free uh, subscription, but it's available in the premium paid subscription. So uh, one, a couple things here. The Wonder Box lets you Wonder Trade, which functions similarly to Surprise Trade. You put your Pokemon in the Wonder Box to trade them with people around the world, even when you're not using Pokemon Home. Uh, there's no no guarantee what you'll get in exchange for your Pokemon, so it's all about surprise. I'm not a fan. Uh, global trading system. You'll be able to specify which Pokemon you want to trade and which Pokemon you want to receive. You pick the Pokemon gender level in games, then get matched with a trainer whose request meets your criteria. Uh, you'll even be able to request Pokemon that you haven't registered yet. 
in the national decks. Room trade, uh, you can have up to 20 people in the group. Uh, you don't know what Pokemon you'll get until the trade is complete. Uh, friend trade, use the add a friend feature in Pokemon Home to make friends and trade with them directly. Uh, then there's a whole instruction thing on how you can trade Pokemon. Anyway, going back to the paid subscription model, one month is going to be $2.99, 30 days. Three months is going to be $4.99, and 12 months is going to be $15.99 for the paid version of this platform. Uh, and it'll be available on iOS, Android, and Nintendo Switch. So I'm sure there's a lot of diehard Pokemon fans out there that are really excited about this. Kudos to you. I'm excited for you. Um, I've been out of the Pokemon loop for so long that I wish I was kind of in it, but there's so many Pokemon now that it's daunting. And Pokemon Sword is on my list to play right after I play Luigi's Mansion or during when I play Luigi's Mansion. But I don't think I'll use this because I just don't, I'm not that invested in Pokemon anymore. You haven't even played Sword yet? Yeah, I played like an hour maybe of it. I pretty much, I didn't play much of it. So, dang. Um, but I've been playing Luigi's Mansion. I forgot to mention that. I played Luigi's Mansion today, actually. There you go. There you go. That game's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's very satisfying. It's a good way it to pass the time. It's nice to vacuum up a couch cushion and find thousands of dollars. If only that was real life. It is. It's not for you. <laughs> yeah. I vacuum up my over. couch cushions and hundred dollar bills. Actually, I have you know those fake million dollar bills. They come out. Oh, the little uh, Monopoly money. Yeah, exactly. The nice. ones with like a president's face on it that doesn't belong on money, like Trump or you know Obama or any of these people. <laughs> Anyways, you know those fake ones they sell at the flea market? Stop acting yes, crazy. Yes, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, take the last one, Ahmed. Actually, yes. I have one more after you finish this one, but that's okay. Oh, one more breaking news item. All right, um, rounding out our hot topies, at least on my end, uh, rumors or there's a rumor of Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic coming back. Uh, this one comes from Tech Radar. Uh, a new Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic game is reportedly in development at EA, according to a report by Cinelinks via Games Radar. So it's gone through a lot of channels here. Um, according to the report, which cites two independent sources, a new Knights of Old the Old Republic is in the works. However, rather than being a remake, the new game is apparently more like a sequel. Cinelinks claims that this game would integrate elements from the first two games in order to bring things into a current Star Wars canon, uh, essentially making the game more a reboot than a remake. So that's pretty interesting. I've never played any of the old Star Wars games. Actually, I haven't played any Star Wars game except for Jedi Fallen Order. Um, so, sure, this sounds exciting, I guess. I heard... I feel like these games are, are well liked. Am I wrong? In yeah, that? no, they're they're very well liked, okay. uh, especially the originals. So, That's I don't know. I haven't I haven't really I like I I have the first one. I played it. It's like a very heavy RPG, so it's too much for me. But mm. yeah, um, I like I like a light R- action RPG. Like Jedi Fallen Order is just enough RPG elements that are that are cool. Like having skill points and like customizing your lightsaber. That's it. I don't need like I don't know. I feel like the Outer Worlds was teetering on like becoming too heavy-handed with all that, and I'm like, I don't know what what to do. But yeah, this is good. So we have one last breaking news item, hot off the presses from last night. What is it? This one comes from VG247 from Sharif Said. Ooh, what's it gonna be? Who, who reports? Activision confirms. <gasps> there's a new Call of Duty coming in 2020. Oh my God! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> As part of the Activision's earning reports for Q4 of fiscal year 2019, the publisher talked about a great deal about the success of Call of Duty brand in both mobile free-to-play and the premium segment for console and PC. A new premium Call of Duty game is due out this fall, as is customary. Uh, more interestingly, however, Activision did not give any hints as to which of the studios currently working on it. Traditionally, Activision would casually say the name of the studio working on the game in earnings calls. 
Uh, although this is the first official confirmation of the 2020 game, it's interesting that the company executives didn't share the studio names. So there's some background behind this that I'll, I'll touch upon very quickly after we finish here. Uh, and then, of course, in Q4 of this year, uh, this is a quote, a new premium Call of Duty release, which is already generating excitement in our playtests, said Cody Johnson, president and COO. Later in the same call, Cody? CFO... Cotton, uh, Cody, C-O-D-D-Y. Oh, interesting. Unless it's like Cody. Cody. I thought you missed... But I, it's interesting. Like Cod, Cody. Anyways, go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> listen to this one. So uh, later in the call, CFO Dennis Durkin said, added, we can't wait to unveil what our teams are working on and feel great about the content. Activision also said it doesn't expect sales of the next game to be as strong as they have been for Call of Duty Modern Warfare in Q4, though the publisher is only prudently assuming that. So uh, last year, Kotaku did report, and uh, sorry, a Kotaku report revealed that Call of Duty 2020's development had been troubled. Initially meant to be a co-production between Sledgehammer and Raven, the two teams reportedly had many creative differences. This caused Activision to bring in Treyarch midway through 2019 in order for the game to ship on schedule in 2020. Uh, it, is said to, uh, it is said to be a new Black Ops title. Not much else is known about the project at this point. Activision is normally happy to flaunt Treyarch's name in these calls, so it's a bit strange that it didn't do it this time. Uh, Activision typically starts teasing a new Call of Duty game around May, so we're likely going to find out more than, if not before. Call of drama, if you ask me. Anyways. <laughs> Please. So, yeah, they usually switch, like, the Black Ops games have been made by Treyarch, typically, but even that is shifted around, too. And then the Modern Warfare games used to be made by Infinity Ward. Now they're made by, I don't even know who. There's, like, all these different developers that are in it, but they always have a rotation. So, for that not to be the case anymore is interesting. I gotta so say, I things are in disarray. I don't know anything about anything. They're all the same to me. Black Ops, Modern Warfare, you're all shooting with guns. It's just different times. It's either at night in a forest or during the day in a desert. I don't know. Anyways. You're not wrong. Right. But yes. That about up. wraps up episode 70 of What the Fun Cast. We're only 13 minutes past the hour. That's fine. I feel like. And we're only 30 longest. episodes until the 100th day of school. <laughs> Shut up. The 100th day of school. Anyways, we're very close to our, to our two-year anniversary, though. That's very exciting. Yes, we are. Well, I mean, not very, very close, but like we're close. We're we are close. close. Yes, Anyways, we are. Everyone um, that is listening, if you're on your way to work, have a good day at work. If you're on your way to school, have a good day at school. If you're about if to you're on, sleep, if you're on vacation, have a great vacation. Right? Have a go dip your toes in a pool. Whatever you're doing, do it well. And enjoy the Oscars tomorrow. Make sure you all watch. We'll be talking about that next week on Thursday. Yes. I'm sure Ahmed will give his expert analysis and opinion once Parasite does not win Best Picture. And <sighs> it's fine. I've accepted that I probably won't win. But I know in my heart that it's well. We can hope that it does. We can hope. We can all hope. You should go watch it. Anyways, yes, I do need to watch it. Either maybe today or tomorrow. We'll see. Watch tonight before you fall asleep. Or I'll fall asleep watching it. Is what you mean? But perfectly, exactly, perfectly. What am I saying? Perfectly. All right. (sighs) This has been what the Funcast episode seventy. Today is Saturday, February eighth. Sorry for the delay. Life gets in the way sometimes. I was tired last night, so it was a med. That's but. All right. It happens. We'll catch y'all next week. This has been What the Fun Cast. It's We're Paul Signing off. Peace. Peace.